welcome everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight we'll be discussing our grievances with new consoles, and we'll be reviewing our retro roulette game, Metroid, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Let's go Let's go with Mark, because I'm yeah. sure he's got a <laughs> list of things this week because of Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, so... Um... Number one off the bat, um, I I have purchased uh, MLB The Show. Um, the reason I did so was I went to go buy a power brick to fix my Xbox One so that I could get it free on Game Pass. And it was almost as much to buy it on the PlayStation 5 as it would be to replace my power brick. So I thought, since I would have to hook up my entire Xbox One again, I will just spend that money and get it for the system that I'm not playing much on. Um, just to actually justify the purchase until June, um, which is when it will definitely be justified. Um, so, so I've been playing um, a lot of the show. Um, I think I discussed this on a stream, but my favorite thing, and it's still great on the show, is playing games in the most ridiculous stadium that I have is the uh, is the uh, Polo Grounds, mm-hmm. and um, because left and right field. Um, is like 250 feet, which is basically a pop-up, um, can go out. And center field is 483. So um, essentially, I've hit two home runs um, that have would have been out of any other park, like over 430 feet, that have been caught by the outfielders. And um, for reference, um, yeah. pretty much every fence in, in the MLB right now is over 300 feet. So yes. Yeah. So sorry. being being 250 feet is really really short. Yeah, yeah. 250 feet is literally where outfielders stand. Yep. Before a play. <laughs> um, just to tell you how short the poles are, and the walls go straight out, so there's no curve to them. So it's like it's like 250, 260, 270. Like so you can even get like near the gap, and it's like just starting to get to 300. But right. since it goes in a straight line, it gets ridiculously deep <laughs> by <laughs> the end of it. And, and the, the polo grounds were built before like multiple youth stadiums were really a yeah. thing. So it's yeah. pretty much a football field that they decided they were going to play baseball in. Essentially. Yeah. So the, um, um, but the flip side is my other favorite part is a lot of triples and inside the park home runs. Cause if you get a perfect swing and you hit it right in the gap, um, depending on your runner speed, um, you can get home runs that way. Um, and the other fun thing is that they put injuries in, um, in the middle of the game, which I don't remember if that was in past games or not, like I was facing Jacob DeGrom and he was dominating me like a two hitter. And then he like he hurt his hip in the middle of an at bat um, and they pulled him. And then I ended up, you know, going ham on the Mets bullpen. Um, <laughs> but like I don't I never seen anybody get pulled middle of the at bat. I don't know if that's new or it's newer in the last couple of games. Um, so that was cool addition. Um, I have not tried retro mode, but a lot of a lot of people I talk to say it's real good and it's as close to like uh, SNES Griffey as these game games have gotten. Um, I did not. Why did I not know retro mode was a thing? I'm going to have yeah. to check that out. Yeah. So I haven't checked it out yet, but um, and I did my normal thing of just making a monster team because, you know, I, I don't want to go up there with a, a guy that's like a 70 playing in my <laughs> franchise mode and just not be able to hit anything. Because I'm I'm not I'm not good enough at the game yet. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing with that. Um, what else have I played? Um, I've watched all Legion. Um, 
also for the PS5. Um, the game's fine so far. It's reminded me of what Watch Dogs, you know, is essentially. I'm getting in the flow of it again. I was trying to play it as like a stealth game. Um, yeah, I mean, you can play it as a stealth game, but it doesn't really work very well. No, it was really tough, and I lost out on a mission early on, um, you know, because I, I tried the stealth and somebody blew up the thing I was trying to steal. <laughs> so now that guy's because the whole thing of Watch Dogs Legions is you're recruiting people. It's not one main character. It's a group of characters, you know, a legion. Right. Real, real quick before we get too yeah. far away from that, how does it feel playing as as multiple characters and not having like a main protagonist? Uh, well, I technically have a main protagonist. Well, you might have a. Is it you like the person you decided I'm going to use this person all the time? Exactly. Or did it tell yeah. You? Okay. <laughs> no, you pick one person in the beginning, and I just never okay. switched off them yet. Okay. I should probably do that, but I have not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I. I lost one of them hates me now and I got to wait until I level up, you know, the Legion to be able to re-recruit that guy. Um, driving is fun. Um, the cool part about avoiding the cops and all or trying to avoid the cops is they have like this futuristic like um, uh, system where um, if you drive through these like uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's literally like a hologram sort of thing, a, a scanner and you mm-hmm. drive through and they know you where you are and then they'll come. So you got to kind of try and avoid those cops are pretty easy to avoid. But, you know, you could be going down the street and trying to set up something to take out a car, cop car behind you. And then you run through one of those barriers and you have two more cars on you because now they they know where you are. And so that's been fun. Um, it being in England is fun. Um, just what they they went with all. Apparently all the accents live in London. Um, like like every single accent you can think of on the the island of in of britain um <laughs> is there uh, um but yeah it's a watchdogs game it's pretty fun so far i haven't touched much of the main story so um don't really know um with that uh, um and uh uh what else have i played um i played a couple of randomizers um uh debating on whether to get back into that greatly um there's one other game i played um oh final fantasy 14 I was going to say, you, haven't you been sinking all of your yeah. time into one game? <laughs> well, no, I, it, it's um, it's been a mixture, but um, I don't know if I'm going to get the subscription for it. I like it a lot, but I don't know if it's like me buying a $12 a month subscription worth of fun mm-hmm. um, because uh, I don't play it enough to, to be worth it. Like, I don't play it every day. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah definitely, but, it's definitely one of those games you need to play every day. You need to sign in and do like the daily things yeah especially if you're paying for it on a monthly basis but it's a really fun game um it sucks that i can't do the free trial because i signed up for something eight years ago yeah i I feel like once they did the um the big expansion where they basically redid the whole game they should have re redone that no that's when i jumped in when that came back um which was about eight years like i'm i'm saying eight years but you know whenever that happened i jumped into that free trial apparently on my PS4 or 3 or whatever it was. And, um, yeah, so now they, I would just have, I need to create a whole new Square account to be able to use the free trial. And I'm like, I didn't want to go through that. Because uh, if you're playing it on PlayStation, it will pull your PlayStation ID. And <laughs> I can't unconnect my PlayStation ID from my Square account because that is where all the stuff for Final Fantasy VII Remake lives. Um, oh, man. So, 
you know, anything that could be tied to that coming up with Integrate. Um, so, um, they got you. Yeah, yeah, they got me. But it's a good game. I've done a lot of fetch questing. Um, basically, I did everything, um, like running back and forth, dropping off letters, picking up materials, and running them one corner of the map. Basically, the fetch questing is letting you learn the map of the town. Mm-hmm. Is essentially what it does. Um, okay. I finally got my girl some clothes. Um, she was wearing a like really short like wench like dress. Um, and I was like, I gotta get her some clothes because this is even uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and my only other options were that or brawn panties. When I was getting out of the character creator, I'm like, well, I guess I gotta deal with this. Um, yeah. So like I said, I'm an ice magic user. So um, as I mentioned on uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, they call this a movie, um, which you should hear before this or maybe after this. But I really before, do like I would hope before this. Stuff. I think it's out already. Mm-hmm. And so you've been doing that. And the other thing I played, which I think I'm missing tonight, unless that they're doing unless it was Saturday. I forget which day I played it. Um, I played the Resident Evil Village demo. Um, oh, nice. For the um, it's only a certain amount of time you get to play it. Um, I think it's tonight. I think I'm going to miss the second one. Yeah, it's good tonight or tomorrow. Um so it was good. It's it's first person Resident Evil four essentially, um, from what I gathered in that village um, okay. that we were doing, you know, they've being been, there, you know. They've been first person since seven, correct? Well, not the remakes. Well, I just the the mainline yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, the remake of two and three are still third person. Right, but seven, um, seven and seven was first person, and this was first person. Right, it's the same character. Um, animations look great. The RE engine looks amazing on the PlayStation five. Um, load times fantastic. Um, like there's like no transition between cutscenes, and it's all in engine. Um, the shooting feels great. Um, you, they brought back the, in, they brought back the attache case, um, <laughs> from Resident Evil four. So you get to Tetris your items to fit in there. So they, that's the worst. It's like Dia- Diablo has that, still it's, has that to this day. Tom, some people, it's such a split. There are some people like, holy shit, the attaché case is back. Yes. I'm sure and they love it for like, like five fuck. seconds and they're like, no, I need to get rid of this. Now, there are some people that truly love it. It's like one of those things that I see on the Internet and podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so it looks good so far. Um, I'm upset that I'm missing Castle because I'll get to see the giant lady. Um, so hopefully when they put the whole demo out in two weeks, um, I'll be able to play it. Um, uh, but yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, I've been thinking about getting back into maybe playing some Civ and stuff like that. Ooh. Um, I've been looking at it. Also American Truck Simulator, because I did buy the Colorado map, oh. um, and have not played it since then. Um, Wyoming's coming out soon, then Texas. Trucking so, Tuesday. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I, gotta, I have to have a day to record they call this a movie i like that um no <laughs> no i literally the last two times i did that stream um i was falling asleep while playing it um just because um i don't think you guys were on discord for those so there was like nobody talking to me yeah yeah then you're actually driving a truck falling yeah. asleep at the wheel <laughs> yeah so um yeah so none of that but just maybe on my free time doing it but yeah Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of stuff that is coming out. Um, checking, you know, um, can't think of anything off the top of my head outside of Integrate. Um, but oh, Returnal's coming out um, soon, so that's got a lot of positive. But Jen, how about you? 
Um, playing the same thing that I always talk about for the most part, just because I literally don't have time to do anything else. <laughs> um, so I've been playing some Dead by Daylight, as everyone would know. Uh, Dead by Daylight, actually, speaking of Resident Evil, they announced they're coming out with a Resident Evil chapter in uh, June, I believe it's going to drop, which is awesome. This is something that personally I've been wanting um, because every once in a while they come out with a licensed chapter. I think it's like one to two times max a year, maybe just once a year. Um, and everyone's been saying they really want Resident Evil as, you know, the chapter. So they finally announced that they're doing it. I think it technically got leaked and then it was such big news that they were like, okay, we're announcing it. Um, but everyone's really excited. Nobody cares about the new killer and survivor anymore now. <laughs> I kind of feel bad. It's like old news. It was out for like three weeks. Now nobody cares. But um, <laughs> there's all kinds of uh, of theories on, on who they're going to make as the survivor or maybe two survivors like they did with Stranger Things. So it'll be very interesting. I hope that they don't go super obscure um, because I think their fan base is counting on this to be epic. So I think they're going to do the right thing and they're going to they're going to pick some main characters. But um, sometimes they make questionable choices. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, you would think it's going to be Chris, Joe and Wesker. Right. You, yeah. you never know. <laughs> some people I, were saying they want the mold people. <laughs> and everyone's like, why? Why would you I, even want that? You could you could have some great Jill jokes in there. Yeah. Jill, Jill sandwich jokes. Well, oh, I could see them doing Barry. What they did for Silent Hill, which is the last, yeah, that's the last um, licensed chapter that they did. I think it was last year. Um, they did like um, legacy skins for the survivors. So they had the one main survivor, Cheryl, and then you can purchase skins. And it's technically still Cheryl. You still have like her abilities, but they look like different characters in the game. So hopefully they do that. Maybe they start out with like Jill and Leon or Chris and whoever, exactly. and then they start allowing you to purchase skins for other characters. That would is be that, the smartest thing. Is that yeah. Rookie Copley as, as Kennedy? Yes. Well, they think that the the map is going to be in the police department. They think they're going to make a police department map. Well, that would be smart because yeah. I mean, Re- Resident Evil One. That's like the whole game, right? Is in the the well, police mansion. Department? Mansion is game one. The mansion is game one. They, people are yeah okay. people are saying that the mansion's probably going to be too big because dead by daylight indoor maps are usually smaller but you never know um i would say it's between the mansion and the police department i think the police department makes more sense but we'll have to see i'm really excited for it i think this is going to rekindle it for me yeah um yeah. i've been trying to get back into dead by daylight more so yeah unless well, they go completely off the charts and do the Alaskan warehouse from Code Veronica. <laughs> I know. And that's what people are. I'm kind of a little bit afraid of them, like going off the rails and doing a more obscure game or character. And then everyone just being like, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So. so so you're 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 back on the honeymoon stage. You're... Yep. Well, kind of. When this comes <laughs> when this comes out, we'll be in the honeymoon stage again. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Um. I've been enjoying it more because I'm making sure that I'm only playing it while I'm having fun. So well, I'm not like just trying to force myself through it because I want to play it and see if it gets better. If I'm not having fun, I'm going to stop. So that's what making me less ragey, which is nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all that I have to report on for Dead by Daylight. Um, Phasmo is amazing as ever. Still playing it. Still a lot of fun. I think I'm almost level 550 now. So I don't know what I was the last time, maybe a hundred levels down from where I am now. I don't know. The, but, um, the levels 
almost mean nothing to me because there's it's goes so high. Yeah. So I think the highest people right now are over three thousand. So it's uh, I don't know if there's a, I don't think there's a cap. I I don't know, but the developer's still doing a great job. Um, I think he went on vacation recently. So oh, that's some, right. it's just one dude, right? Yeah, it's one main guy, and then he has a team of people that work with him. But most of the time, they're handling more of the social media stuff and like the community on Twitch. Um, but yeah, he's he's very good. Um, he takes everyone's feedback. He answers people on their Discord. Like that's he's awesome. all about the community. He's he's really smart. Yeah, so he's doing a really good job. He actually confirmed. I don't know if I mentioned this. Some one of my viewers had stopped into my stream and they were chatting with me about the game. And I was saying how I was hoping it was going to come to console soon because I have friends that don't have PCs that can play it. And they actually reached out to the developer on Discord and he confirmed that it is coming to console. Definitely. Breaking news. uh, Yeah. Breaking news. And um, it will be cross cross platform, which is something I was really hoping for because. That would kind of defeat the purpose almost at this point, because everyone who's on console has been watching and hoping, you know, so good news there. So, yeah, they're still cranking out updates and doing improvements in the beta and making it harder. So the only downside for all you console people is by the time that it comes out, it might be a really hard game (laughs) because they keep they keep uh, finding new ways to make it difficult. And then our amazing big streamers that play it as part of their community keep finding ways to get around the difficulties and just they excel at it so they're trying to make it even harder so it's a lot of fun i know again not the game for everybody but it's challenging and it's scary and it's hilarious when you play with friends so <laughs> i love it still cool. um also been playing monster hunter rise with our friend jonathan um which is our new friday slash saturday stream Um, Soon to be only Saturday stream now, but um, that's been going fine. Um, Jonathan's my tutor. He's my coach. So every time we play, he gives me pointers and I get a little bit better. I do. I say this every stream or every podcast probably, but I have to start playing it more on my own because I'm a little rusty every time I pick it up. But the controls are just very complicated to me. So it's kind of hard to get back into the swing of things. But um, again, I'm getting better. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard that complaint from a lot of people that the, especially for beginners, the controls yeah. are needlessly complicated. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I really like the game still, but to me, like, I don't see a point in some of the in some of the controls. Um, like to go through, there's like four different shortcut menus, and each one can pull up different things. So like half the time, I'm clicking the wrong button when I'm fighting because I have all these other consoles in my head or all these other controller um button mappings in my head that I'm used to like for Dead by Daylight the sprint button is not the sprint button in this game so I'm like pulling up the menu in the middle of a fight by accident and it's <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot but it's fun um so yeah, I've been doing that and then um obviously Apex on Wednesdays with you guys which has been going a lot better we'll say that yeah we're still we're still searching for that win but it's yeah. definitely getting better <laughs> we're getting closer to it <laughs> Um, and then Metroid, I think, was the only other thing that I played outside of my usual games. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I also purchased, well, I didn't purchase, but I, on Game Pass, I'm playing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't bore too many people with details on sports games. I know I know how much people like sports games on these these podcasts, but... Uh, How's your Dying uh, Dynasty going? How many I'm, cards do, I'm doing Road to the Show. Okay. So... Where Mark is playing as a whole team, I'm playing as one person. So 
I'm I may I know that you can you make like it's basically create a create a character and then try to get them to the major leagues. Yeah. And I believe you at the end you can put them on a team and do a dynasty. I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. It's yeah. been a long time since I played a show game, so I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I think I'm uh, thinking they're trying to tie it in with Diamond Dynasty in the card game. Yeah, everything. So speaking of card games, I'm still playing Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. You see, I did that, Tom. I see that. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. good. Uh, yeah. So I'm still being f- still constantly frustrated by this game. And Jonathan keeps like making fun of me because now he's further in the game than I am, even though he started well after me. <laughs> um, you inspired him. I guess, but I, I also do. I I don't just play one game. I play like four games at once because I'm a masochist. Because <laughs> uh, I'm playing that and the show, uh, and and then I just bought Miles Morales, Spider Man Miles Morales. So the same thing like you, I have to relearn the buttons to everything for four <laughs> different games every time I turn it on. Yep. Um, but yeah, Chain of Memories. Uh, I have I. <laughs> I had to go back and look at a game fact. For those of you that are under the age of 20 or 25 even, game facts was the place we went before YouTube existed. So that's where we'd go to get our strategies and our walkthroughs and our I'm pretty sure that is that what we're using for <laughs> Suikoden? Suikoden? Yes, we are. We're mm-hmm. using a game fact. So if you ever are in the need of information for an old RPG or an old game that needs some sort of strategy, you could probably find it on GameFacts.com. And you, and you can't get access to a Prima or a Bradley's guide? <laughs> right. If you don't have the actual physical guide, that's that's the place to go. Uh, but my first official PS5 game has been Spider-Man Miles Morales. And man, it looks gorgeous. Uh, I really liked the, the first Spider-Man game. And this basically just takes it and, you know, it's, basic, it's basically a, a DLC. but I like the Miles Morales character. He's a little um, unsure of himself, and it makes for an interesting uh, an, an interesting story for him. Uh, some would say Spider-Man was Game of the Year. <laughs> some would say Spider-Man was the Game of the Year. What was that, 2017? 2018? Yeah, 17 or 18, something like that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's been pretty much all I've been playing, aside from you know the usual Apex Weekend and metroid um hopefully you know in the next coming weeks i'll have beaten some games so we can talk about them more and then we'll get to get into the real game that we bought the ps5 for (laughs) all right um jen do you have any news for us this week yep we have a few stories um so in early april i'll bring up the biggest story first Okay. In early April, uh, which may have been our last, either our last podcast or the one before this one, we were discussing that, unfortunately, Sony had made the decision to close the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita devices from being able to purchase um, any new content from the gaming stores. Oh, yes. We were not happy about this. Yes. And as you guys agreed with, you know, this sparked a lot of controversy in the video gaming world. And, of course, all three console gaming prices started to skyrocket, as well as games, etc., because of this they're rare now um (laughs) however this past week sony announced that they had a change of heart and they will no longer be shutting down playstation 3 or vita gaming stores and a direct quote from ceo jim ryan 
he said, it's clear we've made the wrong decision here. No shit. <laughs> and he, he mentioned some, uh, he's, he's tugging at the heartstrings of everyone saying, you know, all oh, these matter so much to you guys. And we didn't realize it. So we're letting you have it. Um, unfortunately for some PSV, PSP fans, that is still being closed down, though. Um, as I, of July 2nd, they're still going through with that one. I can understand the PSP. The PSP is basically a it came out before the PS3. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the only real issue with that is that PSP Go completely depends on the store to be useful. So let's be honest. It, I don't know anybody who runs a well besides me, a PSP Go on standard firmware. They're yeah. all cracked. Everybody, mm-hmm. nobody runs them with, <laughs> with yeah. standard mm-hmm. firmware. Yeah, that that's really the only person, like that one person that's still out there doing that, Tom. That's the only person this whole thing really affects. Yeah, like I downloaded all of my PS1 games, all like my my classic. I don't play any actual PSP games on the PSP Go because you don't have a UMD. I I have a I have a regular PSP that I use for the UMDs. The PSP Go can't play the UMDs, so I don't bother yeah. putting PSP games on it. It's basically a mini virtual console that I have. <laughs> That's really why I bought it because it has a dock and it and you can use component cables and a wireless controller with it, which is the reason I purchased it in the first place to use it as my PS one classic machine, because I, I was able to get games like the misadventures of Tron bond, which is like a $400 game. And because wow. <laughs> it was $5 on the PSN store. So yeah, I loaded it's... up on the rare ones when I found out that the stores were closing. Yeah, the conspiracy theorist in all of us says that Sony just announced this so that people would go rush and buy a whole bunch of games yeah. and they could make some money. <laughs> yeah, but they don't go, make oh, any. We, they don't. Well, we I guess if they're buying guys, it off, if they're so, buying it off the digital store, yeah. Yes. But right. if people are just buying used copies of stuff, then I don't know. What if that's the thing too? Like, what if that played a hand in it where they're like, oh, we're gonna get a spike in sales before we go before we cut it down, whatever. And then they realize everyone's buying physical copies from other people. And they're like, shit. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that the backlash was just so big. Yeah. And they've already had so many not good things happen already that they needed to backtrack. Yeah, I I still think it's leading to an announcement that they're going to do some type of backwards compatibility. That would be great. But I don't know that that's going to happen. Like they've they've said that like people have seen like the emulator code or whatever in the PS5. But I don't know if if it happens, I'll be super happy. Because well, we'll see what happens at E3, in quotes. Quote, unquote, unquote, E3, yes. Yep. Because I think that they saw all the positivity that Xbox has been getting for backwards compatibility, and they thought, well, maybe we shouldn't shut down the store yet. Well, I don't know if, Jane, you can let me know if this story's in there, mm-hmm. um, about the new thing they're doing, possibly doing for, with PS Plus. Nope. No, okay. Go right ahead. So um, I don't know. I should have looked this up, but it just popped in my head as we were talking. Um, there was somebody found like accidentally uploaded in on the PlayStation uh, store in Poland that um, part of PlayStation Plus, they were going to have like a video section. That's like a Netflix style, um, you know, video thing. And it looked like it was like full of Sony movies, you know, which if there's one thing that they have over Microsoft, that can make maybe make them equal to Game Pass. It would be offering movies in a streaming like Netflix fashion, mm-hmm. um, because and and they wouldn't even really have to you know go license a lot. Of, they could just do Sony only stuff and yeah. get a good amount of people 
to come in and then decide if they want to do, um, you know, go license other studios. Um, but I, I saw that and was like, well, if they're actually doing that, you know, that's actually an intriguing way to maybe give them something different than what Game Pass offers. Um, so it was supposed to start April 22nd in Poland. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually happened or not. I think uh, it did. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's if that comes worldwide or anything, you know, because they, you know, they're advertising Venom and a couple other like Sony properties um, with it. Um, I think it's it's really it, it's really their only shot to cut into any of that market. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like uh, th- they got a lot of catching up to do on backwards compatibility stuff. That's yeah. that's all I got to say. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our next story. Um, as many people know, Epic Games usually gives away a free game every week on a Thursday. Um, so this week I was extra excited about what they're going to give away because it's actually two games and one I've actually been very interested in playing, um, which is Alien Isolation. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Hand of Fate 2. So I'll just briefly, I mean, if I'm sure most people listening can imagine what Alien Isolation is about. It's literally based on the horror movies. Is that is that Manos? Yes. Manos Hands of Fate too. Uh, actually, they made a sequel to Manos. I don't know. Well, this this game. You tell me if that's what this is. Hang on. This let me game look. is a mix of a tabletop card game and an RPG. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll rewind a little bit for the bit. Yep. Are you a Mystery Science Theater 3000 person? No. Okay. Tom. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that is why Jen did not get a joke. <laughs> One of the most famous movies from Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a movie called Maddo's Hands of Fate, oh. and it is a really terrible movie. Sorry, I ruined your bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, she t- Tom, she took it way too seriously. Oh, yes, wait, I, I don't know. Hmm. When I said that, I was like, all right, I got to make sure she knows this joke. Or, Sorry. No, no, you don't need to apologize. I just got to remember, not a, not a lot of people are as... Mark forgets that this is not, they called this a movie. No, not even that. I sometimes forget that maybe people aren't as plugged into stupid shit like. Well, well it's, it's ner- not stupid, but it's it's nerd culture from yeah. back yeah. in the day. We're old. We're old. Yeah, but yeah. So that was my joke. Could you call the hand of fate? I asked. It was Meadows. Someone out joke. there listening got okay. The joke. Continue, Jen. <laughs> um, so this hands of fate too is a tabletop card game and an RPG. So basically, you each card unlocks either um, an enemy or an ability for your character. Or um, a quest that you can go on and you can replay it. So it seems actually pretty cool. I didn't know it existed until I was reading up on it. Um, but either way, those are available for free on the Epic Games Store. Um, you literally just make a free account and every week you're eligible to get a free game if you didn't already know. And um, these two games are available until April 29th. So That was going to be my question. Yep. Even though you're listening was, to it now on Monday, you still have a few days to take advantage. I, so I was like, Jen, did you make sure that it didn't expire? <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> Mainly because I've been wanting to play Alien so bad that I'm like, yeah. tell me I want. I looked at this like a day too late. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I wanted to mention it here because we do have some time for everyone to take advantage if you haven't already. Yeah. And uh, do you have, um, not to keep jumping into the news segment, um, do you have the Humble Bundle story in there? No? Okay. This is real quick. Um, I saw this on Twitter um, literally hours before this. Um, Maybe it happened earlier in the day. I had a busy day at work. But apparently Humble Bundle is like changing the way it donates the stuff to charity. Really? Um, It used to be you could do a slider and how much of your purchase goes to the charity, how much goes to um, Humble and how much goes to the 
publisher developer. Can can you still pick your charity though? I don't know. That I didn't read too far into. But the main problem is um it caps they have a box now mm-hmm. and not a slider and it caps the charity donation at fifteen percent. Wow. I mean I, I they probably found that people weren't donating more than fifteen percent. Like well, no, most people. No, the problem is is that you can pay whatever you want for that stuff. Right. Um so they were probably finding that people were paying like five dollars for that first level and then putting the whole five dollars to charity and the Not. publisher wasn't getting any money. Right. <laughs> so that's that's what happened. OK. Uh, but um, or at least that's my uh, hatred of capitalism believes happened um, <laughs> because and everybody is pissed. It's one of those things that happen comes out on Twitter and it's like normally all their comments on their Twitter thing is like eight to ten comments maybe this one pops up and it's like 350 um like it's not even a ratio thing um but yeah and then then it's one of those uh things on twitter where each story they post the whole comment thread is just about them doing this cap of 15 percent like it's nothing to do with what they post so i'm wondering if they're going to reverse kind of like when microsoft reversed raising game pass or whatever whichever one gold right i'm wondering if they're going to reverse this yeah. Uh, and apparently they were shadow doing this to users without telling them um, too. They apologize for that in their statement. Um, so I haven't bought from Humble from Humble Bundle in a while. So I don't even know any of this stuff was going on. But yeah, I saw that they were capping it at 15, and I'm like, ah, that seems a little shady. And it seems like their excuse, which is a reasonable excuse, maybe, you know, is you know it does cost money to run a business. Um, so if none of the money was going to them. You know, the publishers, you know, would stop giving them games, you know, they, you know, it's it's sort of that like evil stuff in the background, even though it's an all charity website. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I think I think if they like if they allowed it to be 50 50, I think less people would be angry. Yeah, you know? I don't know what the right answer is there. I mean, charity I, stuff is always it's like a lesser level. Like this is like anger. <laughs> from people um on charity that. stuff is always a slippery slope yeah. when you change anything people get upset yeah. which is understandable yeah but like i said if it went 50 50 i could see that you know maybe some people going oh this sucks but okay you know it's still but 15 just seems way too low um for especially since the other 85 percent is split between um humble and the developer or publisher you know, right. um, now people can correct me if I'm wrong in, in the comments and all this, but I literally read that story in their statement a couple hours ago. Um, I think this all just happened a couple hours ago. Yeah. It didn't take long. Yeah. So, yeah, just so I throw that in while we were talking about stores and, you know, uh, free games and stuff like that. Uh, felt a good time to slip, slip <laughs> that in there. No, it's perfect. Um, and, and Jen reminded me that Epic gives out games because I have not looked at my Epic store in months I have since so, I played Cyberpunk. I have yeah. so many games on the Epic store that I will never play. Yep. Just just happens. It's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they give one away free every week. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I have to go check back in and see what's in there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I literally realized I have not opened my Epic um the actual store page since cyberpunk um because when i play hades i just open hades um you know and this store pops up and then minimizes immediately mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, but uh, what what else you got? Sorry to no, to, no, to you're good. You're good. Um, keeping up with the Earth Day theme, I thought I would mention this because it does have a video game connection. Oh. It might not be the most interesting topic for people to hear, um, but. Epic Games uh, CEO Tim Sweeney donated over 7,000 acres of privately owned owned land in Halifax County, Virginia, um, which made it the single largest land conservation gift in Virginia's history, which is pretty awesome. So he did this um, in time for Earth Day. Um, And this piece of land is going to be owned and operated by the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. And they're actually going to be working on habitat restoration, which is really nice to see. and he's actually like really into habitat conservations. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's also donated in the past seven thousand acres to um, North Carolina's Box Creek, Box Creek Wilderness um, to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in 2016. And then this past Thursday, he also announced he's planning on donating another over seven thousand acres in Northwest North Carolina. So that's pretty cool. If, if you don't know him, he's uh, you know creator of Fortnite. Epic Games CEO again, like I said. So it's really awesome to see someone who has such a big net worth as giving back in, in a in a somewhat uh, unique way. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. When you first heard that story, my cynicalness was, all right, how much money is it, and hey, how much of a write off does he get for it? <laughs> um, but land is a little different. Yeah. Um, he probably still gets a write off. Let's not get wrong. He he can definitely help. This helps his taxes, but um, because he doesn't technically own the land anymore. He, that was a donation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it's land and not just money, right? you know, yeah. means that he cares about the cause, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Um, on that, you know, if it would have been like, oh, Tim Sweeney donates, you know, two million dollars to the Virginia Con- Conservation. I'd be like, yeah, sure. His tax bill must have been high this year. <laughs> um, you know, that, you know, that's, you know, that's where my cynical brain goes. But um, I'm glad to see like. It's funny thinking about there is literally nothing in Northwest North Carolina. <laughs> so good that it's being used for conservation. Right. Yeah. From my my time down there. And I think you at least you, Jen, have more experience on, in that state than me, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. But I think Northwest is basically just like eastern Tennessee. It's, like, a, it's, lot, like it's a lot of it's a lot of land, a lot yeah. of open land. Yeah. Um, but as we know, North Carolina is rapidly expanding and becoming the new New Jersey of New Jersey transplants. So it's nice that there's some preserved land too. That's good. Um, yeah. I thought that was a nice Earth Day story. All I like fuzzy it. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, not, it's not like they're trying to buy up land to open up an epic warehouse. <laughs> That's going to be a next podcast. We're like, wait, now we're having <laughs> Fortnite land. <laughs> I hope not. God, I, I hope could. not. You would go to Fortnite Land? Land. I don't know. I want to go to that Super Nintendo Land, even though it looks boring as hell. I'd go to Super Nintendo Land. It does look boring, but I would go to it, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's because nostalgia drives everything. Yep, this is true. Um, So I have one more story, and then we'll move on. Um, So this one is something that we probably, the three of us at the very least, have heard about recently, um, and I certainly have. Um, so if you're a Twitch streamer, you would know the dangers of being view botted, especially as of late. Um, and that basically means that someone is attacking your stream with a group of bot followers, meaning they're not real followers. They're, um, they're literally bot accounts 
And that could be anywhere from a few uh, to hundreds of thousands of bot accounts. Or millions. Or millions, yes. And this doesn't exactly sound like a bad thing at first, but the dark intention behind it is that this person is hoping that they're going to inundate your stream with all these bot accounts and that Twitch is going to turn around and think that you are purchasing these for yourself to increase your numbers and they are going to shut your stream down. Um, and people have been like really tiny, just starting out streamers have experienced this. Um, I'm in a few networking groups where streamers haven't even hit um, affiliate yet and they're being inundated with, with view botting. Um, and people who are trying to, you know, work their way up to partner are freaking out because, you know, they were hit with all of these these thousands of viewers. And they know that it's fake because you don't get a thousand follows in one go, usually. So um, everyone was really stressed about it. But um, luckily, Twitch has gone through and removed um, over 7.5 million fake bot accounts. So they did a major sweep of the platform. Um, I'd say that was a major sweep. Yeah. So they, you know, let it gave everyone a heads up like, hey, just so you know, we're doing this sweep. You may experience um, decreases like suddenly in your follower or viewer counts because, you know, these bots aren't just fake followers. Some of them are actually like fake viewers where they're sitting in your channel. Um, so I've I've personally heard from a few streamers saying that maybe they've noticed anywhere from like 10 to 20 follows, you know, dropped off pretty immediately. Um, which is fine. You know, everyone's pretty, you know, well, I'm glad that they're not in my account anymore kind of thing. Um, and I don't think Game Vault Pod had experienced any the last time I checked, which is a good thing. All right. So Dan's, Dan's bots are safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many large streamers, unfortunately, are feeling huge effects from this. Um, just to give you an example, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of um, XQC. He's the fifth, well, was the fifth largest Twitch streamer. I don't know where he lands now. Not anymore. So he started out with over 8.1 million followers. And after the um, the sweep, he lost 2.2 million of those that, followers. That's a, how, I like, do people think that, like, streambotting someone who's got 5 million followers already is going to do something to them. I just don't understand. I, don't know. I think, I think that people like the intention behind it is hoping that you're going to get this streamer shut down because Twitch is going to be like, you know, first of all, the streamer already has a bazillion people following him. So are they really going to know if I attack him with all these followers? I think that's just, it's sad that people are incredible trolls like that. And they found this horrible way of, of messing with people and, you know, as everyone knows, like some streamers, this is their sole income income or, you know, people starting out are working so hard to establish themselves on the platform. And then they're, you know, potentially could get shut down because they don't realize they're getting view botted. Yeah. So it's really crappy. But I mean, that's a perfect example of someone who has so many followers that they probably had no idea how many bots they had following them. Yeah. Um, And found out the hard way. So... I don't know that he's necessarily like, you know, super upset about it, but that's just huge, you know, to think that I didn't do the math on that. But what, like 25 percent of your viewers or 20 percent of your viewers were bots. And when you have five million followers, that's a lot. Right. Yeah. The Jen, can I assume the ones that were um, uh, view botted to be shut down uh, all identify as the same gender for the most part? Probably. No, are you saying most of them are men? No, no. The uh, I'm no, thinking he's probably thinking they're either women, women or trans or 
something yeah. of that nature. Oh, well, no, yeah, actually, that is a good point because there are people in groups that I'm into who are saying, you know, like a lot of um, the women's only networking groups I'm in will say like people will come in and they'll make fun of them for being overweight or showing too much skin or not enough skin or like what's your only fans and then they usually if they answer back to these people then they get view botted or yeah. they get That's reported or they get you know like yeah spammed and it's really shitty so yeah i'm sure i'm sure um i thought you were saying because a lot of the mainstreamers were men that they yeah. were the ones experiencing but yeah i could see it from that point of view too yeah just wanting to get you know gatekeeping mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah sadly it exists yeah because i know I follow a, a, a couple of streamers that uh, use the um, the 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 uh, LG. I'm gonna screw it up. Um, LGBTQ plus. Yeah, that's yep. it. Um, tag on um, on Twitch, and uh, yeah. they get a lot of stuff of people just clicking on that and then just being real shitty in mm -hmm. some kind of way. Yep, I've heard about yeah, that too. No matter it's what. Terrible. You know, so I'm not surprised if you botting happens in those things too. Yeah, like it's just a new way to harass. Right. And it's like I said, some people, can you imagine being so if you're a new streamer starting out? You don't really understand all of the Twitch platform and you're doing a stream and you get hit with like 50 followers. You're like, oh, my God, somebody must have found me like and then you don't know any better. You don't report it to Twitch. So they're not like yeah. they're not aware of the fact that you're not in on it. And then you wind up getting shut down like. And that's that's the underlying motive with these people yeah. is to just get streamers shut down, which is disgusting. Yeah, it's real um, shitty. But yeah, if it ever happens, I mean, it's going to keep happening, unfortunately, because Twitch, I don't know how much more pro proactive they can be about it than they already are. But um, right now, if you get hit with a bot account and you know it's fake to begin with, you are supposed to report the account immediately. And Twitch advises that you don't make a big deal about it live on your stream because that person's gonna be like, oh yeah, well here's 50,000 more. <laughs> like, yeah. Basically like report them instantly. Let us know. We'll take care of it. And you're safe. Like we, we totally get it. It happens, whatever. Um, so that's the best thing we can do. You know, if you get the want to be famous person <laughs> pop into your chat, just ban them and move on. And Twitch will, I've reported a bunch of them when they come into, you know, the game vault chat, I reported as a bot and, Twitch sends me an email like the next day. Thanks for reporting it. We've removed it. It was a bot account. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, this is the only way to take action against these assholes because people are finding new ways to troll, which is just so pleasant. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's when I go and yell at clouds like the internet the internet <laughs> yeah. used to be so much better yeah. before Which it was crap actually is a perfect segue to our main topic tom yelling at yes. clouds yes it is i hope you're all ready to hear us old folks yell at clouds in this this next segment we're going to air our grievances about new consoles and why it was better in the past <laughs> yeah and how did this start <laughs> Uh, this started because of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I think. I think it mm -hmm. was Call of Duty Modern Warfare's fault because the game got has gotten so bloated and overblown that if you have like a base PS4 or even a PS, I don't, I don't even PS5, know, yes, or a PS5, it could be the only no. game you have installed. Not, not that I have any experience. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. Um, and that is kind of ridiculous at this point. Uh, the price of storage has dropped tremendously since, you know, the 360 days and the PS3 days. Yeah. 
uh, because when you bought it, when you, I mean, the original Xbox 360 and PS3, I think were like the highest you could get was like 120 gigs at one point. And then eventually they, they raised it to 250 once storage got cheaper. Um, but now one terabyte is all you get and it's not enough. Yeah. Are you telling me over 200 gigabytes is too big, Tom? Uh, maybe possibly. For a game? <laughs> and that's just the multiplayer in Warzone. Yeah. Not even the single player campaign. Yeah. What's the yeah, problem exactly. with that? So, so Jen, Jen got really fired up about it in our chat, and she won't. <laughs> so I said, let's talk about it. This is yeah. it is pretty ridiculous these days. So, Jen, let's go. You can air your grievance. Your yeah, grievance. that's that's my main problem. <laughs> I feel so stupid now because I caught myself in our group chat, and I'm like, wow, I'm old. Because my thing is, and again, I'm gonna sound old. I miss being able to pop in a game, a C a disc, almost at a CD, a disc, and play the goddamn game without having to download it. And then the other part of that is, okay, fine, if you can't do that anymore and you want us to download the game to be able to play it even if we have a disc, why is my new console that I'm buying the absolute bare minimum for me to play maybe two games? It's just unacceptable. And the price you're paying for what you're getting is bullshit. <laughs> so that's what I was saying. And then I stopped myself at the part where I was like, I remember back in the day when I could just pop in a game. I'm like, whoa, hold no, on. I'm old. <laughs> no, you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Like coming from the perspective of someone who grew up with cartridges and you stuck the cartridge in the console, you turned the power on and it worked. Right. And you had the game. The whole game was there um with the with the uh, rise of the internet and the the ability to patch things at like after the fact that kind of ruined video games in my eyes because you have a disc but basically the disc at this point is just drm the disc does there's nothing on the disc i mean you might get a game like final fantasy 7 remake where you install the game with one disc and you play the game with the other disc. Right. Yep. This is like old PC stuff. Like, why is this still a thing? Yeah. Why Why do I need to download the entire game, even though I have the disc? And it's not a Blu-ray. It's not like a Blu-ray is small. It's a, it's actually 4K Blu-rays now. You can They can have terabytes of data. Why is it that I have to put the disc in, and then you have to download a 210 gig update? Like it's Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. It almost... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it almost feels like when a PC game comes out and first of all, it goes through, some of them go through early release and they work out all their bugs. So you know what you're getting and you get this game cheaper than it would be normally and you work through the bugs and they make updates and then they release it and it's supposed to be better. And you have a game like Cyberpunk that comes out and it's the most broken game in the history of time. <laughs> and then they release an update that's just as big as the game almost and it releases new bugs and it's still not fixed. And it's taking over everyone's consoles who still, you know, wanted to get it for console. Which, yes. Bless your heart. But <laughs> Jesus. I'm one of those people. Right? <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine how big a remake or remaster of Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be. Oh, my God. Because that was, be... 100, that was 100 gigs, like, mm -hmm. on PS4. That was a big game then. Can you imagine? I, I, I can imagine it would be close to 500 gigs. It's massive. It, like, like once it, they get true 4K, blah blah yeah. blah, whatever the whatever remake remaster they want to do to it. Uh, but Jen, you saying stuff with, is buggy and stuff and and everything. The 
brings to my mind the the this console generation was rushed and buggy. Like that yeah. was like, why do we have to I, rush these consoles out and stuff just doesn't work on them? I I would make the argument that one side rushed it more than the other. <laughs> uh, yeah, the sign that we purchased. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> the only complaint I've heard about Series X, and maybe I'm just out of the loop, or maybe I'm just around a lot of Sony fans, but the only thing I've heard is just that there's not a lot to play on it. Well, yeah, they like, they there's no new games for the the Series X. Yeah. I I haven't heard the same complaints that I've heard about PS5, like with going to sleep issues and not waking up from sleep and, Mm -hmm. you know, needing to rebuild the, uh, the hard drive every time or this, or the SSD every time you come out of sleep, Um, you know, the disc not working. Some like I, unless if I'm just missing it, I don't know if I've heard those kind of stories. No, Um, I have, I haven't heard any misgivings about the Xbox series X. And they were ready with everything. Like, even though it's a proprietary kind of um, ex- like expansion of memory, they had one ready to go. Yeah, you know? and Sony has had the ability to do that. There is a M.2 spot slot built into the system yeah. that you cannot use because they haven't implemented it yet on the console. How do yeah. you release a console with this expansion there? And you don't have the ability to use it. It's because just, you have to be at the same time as the other guy. It's just mind-blowing to me. Like, I think the PS5 should have probably come out this year. Yeah, just I think they that, both should have come out this year. But that, that big update that they just did to allow you to move PS5 games to an external drive, like, that should have been day one. Why was that? Why would that not be a thing already? Um, it's just like... That's really my biggest problem with these these new consoles, this this current generation, is that yeah. they rush them out for no reason because no one could purchase them, and they're full of bugs and just cons. Like there was a bug with the PS5 where if you like deleted a game, it could still show up on your home screen, and the icon would just be there. And you had to go through like a huge process just to get it removed because if you had enough of those, they could take up your whole home screen and you could not see the games you actually wanted to play. Uh, but they apparently they fixed that with this latest update. But that's I mean, how how does it get released with these things is mind blowing to me. Yeah, the the flip side to a lot of uh, if we're talking just software here, not hardware. Um the flip side to it is nowadays I feel is a lot better for software in the fact that if there are bugs and problems in games, they get fixed and you're not stuck with a, a game that's almost unbeatable Yeah. because of a point. bug. Um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Plus, there's plus sides to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. software and update like uh, patches and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Like you said, you're not stuck with a game that's broken forever and that's it. I wasted my money in the end. Yeah. Yeah, this game-breaking bug, like, there was, um, I forget, somebody was streaming some game, and even the ROM, you, like, have to make sure you have the right ROM, because it has, like, a game-breaking bug Oh yeah. in the middle, where you can't just, you can't finish it. Um, yeah, there's, there's, like, there's differences between, like, sometimes, some Japanese ROMs and American ROMs, where yeah. 
the the game will just not work. Like Ant, remember uh, Ant was just talking about this on they call this a movie. He said in the N64 version of Mortal Kombat 4, if you do the the longest tournament, yeah. If you beat the first character, it gives you credits. Like that's <laughs> that would <laughs> never that would never happen today. Yeah. If yeah. it did, it'd be fixed yeah. like within the week. Yeah. Yeah. I I I come from the argument that I think we're in a better place software wise, even though some of these games come out rushed and buggy, but at least they can fix them. Um or they get delayed and things like that. Um but you know, you could have the flip side where a game's broken forever and you can't fix it. Or you can have the thing where a certain version of the game is the game you want to play as like a speedrunner or something like that because yeah. of a certain bug that mm-hmm. got fixed in different because they did do updates, but they were like shadow updates. Like it would just be like the, the stock in a store would be a different version of the cart right. in it. Right. Same right. And with there, there might be there might be a different sticker on the box or something. Yeah. yeah like I like I do randomizers for Link to the Past. And you have to do a specific Japanese 1.0 ROM um, to be able to do a randomizer. I don't know exactly why that's specific to randomizers, but I think the reason they use that ROM is because a lot of the the bugs you can do, like bomb jumping and um, just certain things like that that get you through the game a little faster, that make it easier um, for randomizers, only exist on that cart. Um, so, you know, you get that aspect where the broken stuff actually helps. Um, so, you know, and software wise, you, you can tell who has been around longer in the industry by how long it, how willing they are to delay a game and wait for it to be good. Um, because I always think of the quote from Miyamoto where he says, you know, a delayed game is delayed for a short time, but a broken game is broken forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, so. I feel like, has a different different set of ideals than everybody else. Yeah, but you can even tell, like, who are the lead on projects when games get delayed. Like, you can go, oh, OK, that's an old school guy that is like, no, this game's broken. And then you get people like CD Projekt Red who are a little bit newer, maybe. And not assuming anything, but I think they would be newer than some of the, like, early Japanese developers that are still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, needed to get this game out and follow probably what corporate told them to do um cd yeah. project yeah i think that um, that was a corporate thing more than yeah. a developer thing yeah and they just didn't push you know hard enough for thought they could get by with it or fix it later you know sort of thing um but yeah just a i think our main issue is hardware um nowadays yeah. in, in my opinion no yeah i'm with you because hardware also i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> Uh, go off on a tangent here okay. it's way too big you can't yeah. fit these things in like a <laughs> in a piece of furniture anymore in like a a tv stand right they're designed to the way they designed the newer consoles they're designed to be stood up they're like statement pieces <laughs> right so they're like they're like especially the ps5 i'm <laughs> i hate i hate the way that <laughs> stupid thing looks it's a binder it's it's so weird and the way they designed the, that console and the Xbox Series X they're designed to be stood up the way the airflow is for yeah. the air to come out the top but who has space to stand up a almost 2 foot tall console 
and not have it in the way of their television. That's that's crazy. I, I actually have a spot where my PS5 is sitting. And maybe I, that'll show up on the video that may or may not happen to go for our <laughs> YouTube channel. Can you imagine, like, being a parent and not having any clue about this and just knowing, okay, my kid wants the PS5, getting it, and then being like, what the hell is this thing in my living room? <laughs> this <laughs> monolith. This, why yeah, I, monolith, exactly. That's why I tell most parents I know, and they ask me about video games because they know I play, I say, buy your kids a Switch. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the Switch is nice and small. Yeah, Nintendo's probably like, yes, we win this one. Because A... There are a lot more kid-friendly Switch games out there than for the other consoles. And you can play all the free-to-play games that their friends play, you know, your Fortnites Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, on there. Um, And they can also take it and sit in another part of the house and play the games and not have to bother you or you don't need to give up the living room TV for long periods of time. And you can plug in a nice little uh, memory card. Yeah, spend like forty bucks, thirty bucks, whatever, on how big you well, want it. You have to. Let, let's, Several let's of them. Not, and, let's know. not let Nintendo off the hook that easy. <laughs> I was going to. I know, of course, because you know, there's many games where you can only have one account on this game on N- the console. Nintendo has the absolute worst online capabilities of any yep. system. Tom beat me to it. Yeah. Ever, <laughs> especially with like cloud accounts. Like Which? if you have two switches. It's like impossible to use them both simultaneously. You can't yeah. like if you wanted to have a home switch and one you took everywhere with you, which defeats the purpose of a switch. But that's just that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, if you if you try to have a switch light, that's just your take it with you. You can't like you can't access your cloud saves if it's your second console. It has to be your first console. It's so dumb. Mm. I it. They need to like have a meeting with Microsoft because Microsoft, my God, I can play Forza Horizon 4 anywhere on my computer. I can play it on my Xbox One, like the VCR. I can play it on the Xbox Series X. I can play it on my phone. And it guess what? It has my save mm-hmm. and it logs me in online. Yeah, good old smart delivery. Like we all make fun of it. <laughs> everybody needs to go like everybody needs to have a meeting with Microsoft. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. Please, please help yeah. us. Especially yeah, Nintendo. Thing, yeah. And the thing I was going to outside of the online, not leave Nintendo off the hook is that they go for the cheapest materials possible. Yeah. Which in their system. The Joy-Con drift problem that everyone's having. And that, I'm not saying that in a, sometimes in a good business sense, that's fine. If you're not trying to compete with the top of the top in terms of power and output and all that, and you could save a couple hundred million dollars, you know, by not going top of the line equipment right. or, or chip sets. Um, that's the funny part. That is probably why there's a lot more switches available than PS5s. Yeah, because they're using an old chip set. an older chip set <laughs> in it. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's Mr. Nintendo looking ahead. Yeah. Knew a global pandemic was coming and was <laughs> like, their, that's let's put Animal now. Crossing out right when that pandemic happens. That was so cool. Um, if you ever want to hear some great rants, just try and see if people have pulled it on YouTube of uh, Vinny Caravella from Giant Bomb just going insane because he can't play Animal Crossing <laughs> because the switch that they play it on, the family switch, um, his son started the island. So he would need to delete his son's save. <laughs> To be able to start his own island. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he just goes on rants about it, like how it's Groundhog Day when he <laughs> goes in. 
because he goes in and does the same thing because he cannot progress in the game because the mayor is an eight-year-old yep. and has not been around for six months. <laughs> and all, all the characters are complaining to Vinny, to his character, and there's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> yep, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, And also, the online stuff is ridiculous for, for yeah. Um, Nintendo. Yeah, I mean... Nintendo need seriously like they need to put Xbox Live on the on the Switch and I'll, I think it's coming. I mean, I hope some, so. something is definitely coming with Xbox and and Nintendo just because all the all the Microsoft Xbox videos lately have had a Switch in the background. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So and you know now people have started to look for that stuff. So maybe it was a red herring, you know? Right. That they're doing that. That's pretty because, cool. Because uh, what's his name? Phil Spencer. Did like two press conferences with an Xbox Series, uh, uh, the the small one, Series uh, S, Series S, just sitting on a shelf behind them, hmm. like months before they announced what it looked like and all that. Wow. Sad sitting back there, no one That's noticed awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it was it was great. So now everybody looks every on the, in their backgrounds all the time, and they've noticed the last two people have had switches like prominent, like be right behind them and on camera. So. But the best thing would be to put Game Pass on Nintendo on the Switch. And well, so they also have—I was gonna say—they also have the ability to do game streaming now. They've been doing that with—they've yeah. been testing that with um, certain games that would not run well on a Switch. They've been doing streaming in, as instead. Right. Yeah, and the the only downside that I've seen from people complaining are basically Xbox fanboys complaining, going, "Oh, what's Nintendo going to do for us?" Are we going to get to play Mario on our Xboxes? Like who? Like that's not what it's the. That's not the point. Like yep. I don't know. It, like it's people wanting to defend their purchase essentially. It's what I just don't understand in this day and age, especially. I don't understand fanboyism anymore. Like the console wars are over. They died a lot. Like with the 360. Yeah. I just totally. I just don't know. Like it's not it's not worth the effort. No, and uh, there's no reason to 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 go in on anybody with with that stuff because you know maybe what? you know the maybe the reason they don't have your console of choice like uh, we don't have Xboxes because pretty much everything that we want to play for Xbox is probably going to come out on PC as well. Right. right. Um. So, but for PS5, that's not true yet. At least it might be. You know. They've well, been that, testing the waters with some with Horizon and some stuff that, on Steam. That's, that's my other complaint is that at this point they're just PCs. Yeah, consoles yeah. are now they're just PCs. They're PCs with no memory. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The uh, yeah, it's it's essentially like you know it, the fanboyism is no more than um, it's not like kids arguing. It's literally people who either do have an undiagnosed, you know, mental health issue that they just need to always feel like they're superior. You know, they need that validation, which isn't healthy, you know, um, that they should get checked out for. And that's why they scream at Sony people because they bought an Xbox. Um, or it's just people that all that are um, like, I even find myself doing this for purchases outside of video games. Like you always want to justify why you made that high price purchase? Yeah, sure. And you want to you you want to you want to make sure you got the the right thing. Yeah, you want right. to tell everybody that you got the right thing. And instead of coming out with uh, 
you know, just praising your side, you feel you have to drag down the other side. Right. And that's why a lot more the fanboy culture is a lot more toxic than maybe I was too young and naive back with Nintendo and Genesis. Um, yeah, we but, we were we if you were a teenager during that time, I'm sure it was a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that Sega does what Nintendo. <laughs> um, I mean, it's obvious. Uh, but yeah, and, and I, I, to be honest, I blame the Sega executives for all this um, because literally, I, it, I think we've all watched High Score, the documentaries. Yes. Um, and that executive basically said what we're saying is that they wanted, you know, the people to choose their side and then defend their side. You know, that was the whole point of being edgy and stuff like that was to get the teenagers and then get them to ridicule the people that picked Nintendo and say it was a kid kitty console. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So they started all that, but, but final, at least final point for me for old man, yell at cloud thing. I just, I just want the ability to not feel like I need to be forced to finish a game um, to, so that I can delete it off my hard drive. I would like, that that was the great thing about cartridges and disc is that if I wasn't feeling a game, you, could, you know, I could go, all right, I'll pick that up later, maybe. Or I don't have to worry about it sitting something. on my hard drive, you know, like, and then having to re-download it if I do get in the mood. And by the time it downloads, maybe I'm not in the mood anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I think of that a lot is that that's why Tales of Biseria is still sitting in my hard drive space. And I kind of probably should delete it. Um, <laughs> it's because I do want to finish it, but I also still have my, PlayStation 4 hooked up to which I could probably just play it on there and not use the space on my PS5. Yeah. You know. Yep. I understand. But I'm a rare case that I still have both hooked up. Yeah, I I unhooked my PS4 as soon as I as soon as I plugged the PS5 in and moved my saves over. It's more of a laziness issue on my end. It's yeah, I mean it's I got the new console, I might as well use it. That's really what it comes down to. Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing, but I'm talking about the not unhooking the PS4 <laughs> is more of a laziness thing than an actual like conscious decision. Yeah. It's just like, I got to crawl back there and get those wires. Oh, it's perfectly fine where it is now. <laughs> you know, I just needed the giant space with the Xbox one was sitting. Cause that was the bigger console. Yeah. So that's where the PS5 has to go, you know? So I'll unhook that and go through that, but I'm not hooking two systems. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why my PS4 is still hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, my final thing on it is that the the new consoles these days are so similar that it doesn't matter which one you have. Yeah. Like it used to matter. The only thing that matters is what games you play on it. Right. But they are literally the same. They're made. Their chips are made by the same people. Uh, they're both AMD based consoles with AMD graphics. It's and they're essentially just really. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Streamlined PC components. That's all they are. Yeah. Like you can put PC. Uh, well, eventually, that now that I've yelled about it, you you will eventually be able to put a PC solid state drive into a PlayStation Five, and you can already use external PC hard drives with these things. So if it wasn't such a terrible time to purchase PC parts, I would just say just just build a PC because you can keep updating it and it seems now that sony is even deciding that it's going to put more games on pc which is interesting yeah uh jen i don't know if you had any final thoughts on this before Um, we so before we stop yelling at clouds (laughs) 
we're almost done. Um, I would say, I mean, just going back to my main issue with all of this, and I don't have a brand new console yet. Um, so uh, mine stems even still with the PS4. I'm just tired of having to, like, you just went out and bought a $500, $600 console, however much it was. And now you're like, well, now I have to go get an external hard drive for it, which is another X amount of money. Like, no, it should have the space on it for you to play a normal amount of games. And then fine, if you want to add extra space, add extra space. So that's my biggest issue is just, and I was never, I was always a console person. I was never, even though I grew up playing PC games, I was never on that side where it's like, oh, consoles the, or PCs, the master race kind of thing. Yeah. But honestly, I'm there now. Like, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> and Welcome it's to not to be side. a jerk about it. It's just, it's so much more convenient. And I know where I'm, I'm getting for my money and I'm making it the way I want it to be. And it fits my play style. So, I mean, I, that's what I would just like to see. My money is actually getting me the ability to play the games that I want. And like Mark said, I shouldn't have to beat a game and immediately delete it so I could play the next game. Like, yep. that's not how I am as a gamer. So that's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, I'm Lowering I, my fist. I, <laughs> I'm glad we got that out because, you yeah. know, we we haven't had a good rant session on this podcast in quite a while. And I do apologize to folks if you're enjoying your consoles and you think we're stupid. But yeah. we have grievances and we thought we'd air them. So <laughs> I hope you're ready for more because we're going to talk about Metroid for the NES, <laughs> which was our retro roulette game. Yep. Um, for those of you who don't know, Super Metroid is not the first game in the series. There was one on the NES, uh, which I feel like it's overlooked quite a lot. Yeah. Um, when you see Metroid, generally, uh, Samus looks like the Super Nintendo version of Samus, not the NES version. Um, and it was a pretty cool idea back in the day because it was an adventure, a space sci-fi adventure game. Um, where it had a really big twist at the end. It will spoil here because it's a 30-year-old game at this point. 35. It's, it came out in 86. So, Yikes. yeah. Yeah, so, it's yeah. old. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> We're the same age. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm curious, to, Jen, I'm curious yes. to hear what you think about this because this is another one of those games that you would have never experienced if we didn't do this. And yes. you've only really had experience with Super Metroid, correct? Yep, exactly. And my experience with Super Metroid was not extensive either. Um, I watched more gameplay of it than I actually played. So going into this, um, I was a little apprehensive about it because, you know, you guys were saying um, it's definitely difficult. And then watching the stream, you know, I was a little nervous. But um, I was surprisingly very into this game. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh so much so that I didn't play it as the bare minimum. I actually went back to it a few times and messed around with it. Um, so I will say the first thing that I learned about this game is that you can't shoot down, which I think is pretty dumb. Yeah, um, I agree. You can only shoot forwards, backwards, and upwards. Um, and I got the hang of that pretty quickly. You know, it, it's fine, whatever. Um, the... Other thing I noticed pretty much right from the beginning is that there are plenty of enemies that will dive down at you and they're kind of aggressive. Um, the shooting bats, I actually surprisingly got the hang of quickly, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do. Um, although it is very overwhelming when you have several enemies crawling at you on the ground where you can't crouch and shoot at them, at least to the point where I'm at. I don't know if that's ever an ability in the game. I haven't gotten as far yet. Um, but um 
you can't, you really can just jump over them and wait for them, at least at the part that I'm at, for them mm. to, you know, go on the wall or go above you. Um, so it gets a little overwhelming. Um, I actually got stuck right in the beginning. So I went as far as you can go to the right, and then you hit that wall. And you're yeah. like, I see the enemy going under the wall, so I know I have to, but I can't, like, do the ball yet. So I'm like, what did I miss? And I went back and forth a few times and I'm like, crap. So I went to our stream <laughs> and I watched the first like three minutes and I'm like, oh, there's a whole section to the left of the start, which is so, really weird and also kind of cool. <laughs> so Jen, you didn't draw your own map? I did not draw my own map because I actually, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to play through this to get a feel for the game. Cause I know like, I don't really, I really don't have a lot of time to commit. I didn't want to set aside a lot of time to commit to this game, to be honest, um, because okay. I have all these other streams that I'm doing, but I enjoyed it so much that I do want to go back through and actually draw out my own map. And I, I want to like post it when I'm done and see what it looks like. Um, but yes, this is when I learned the importance of drawing your own map. Like you guys were saying in the very beginning, because your start is not like the start of the whole game and you continue forward. It's the middle perhaps who knows mm -hmm. which is really cool so um yeah after after looking at the stream so thank you for that another another good use to our stream <laughs> no um <laughs> i enjoyed it uh i got past the very beginning and again like i realized how much i liked it which again surprised me um one thing i noticed this game takes a lot of patience there are parts where you just need to sit on a platform and wait for an enemy to circle once or twice mm -hmm. instead of just like rushing through the levels because as addicting as it is to keep jumping from platform to platform to platform, eventually you're going to mess up and fall into lava or you're going to hit an enemy that's like somehow attacking you in your face 50 times before you can slip us like slash at it once and it's going to knock you backwards kind of thing. So a lot of patience is a good thing in this game. Um, and there are parts where you are going to take damage regardless of how good you're doing. Like I said, enemies are going to be swarming you at times. Um, but I found if you kind of grind with the little guys, you get the extra life points. Um, and that way, when you're swarmed by enemies in a harder level, you can actually do your best without feeling like you're going to get your ass kicked and have to start over from the beginning. Um, so that was what I was doing. I was kind of trying to get as many little guys as I could to beef myself up, essentially. That's smart. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I um, I had a really good time with this game. Like I said, I'm, I don't want to commit to this, like hard commit to this, but I could <laughs> see myself playing this game to complete it and then moving on, uh, like on to the other games in the series. So we'll see. But what? Samus has always been one of my favorite female video game characters. It, I mean, she was kind of the first real protagonist. I feel like in in at least in console gaming. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and. Um, unfortunately, you, you can make the argument that you didn't really know that she was the first until the end of the game. Yeah. Yes, you can make you can definitely make that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would have I would have loved to see reactions of like gatekeepers yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. realized it was a female. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. So so for me, um, what this game did the most was make me want to play two other games. Mm hmm. Um, I didn't like it quite as much as Jen did, um, probably because I have more history with Super Metroid um, actually playing it. And this game just made me want to play Super Metroid more than this <laughs> game, um, because Super Metroid is just it's like whenever I play Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I mean, to that game, it just makes me want to play Link to the Past. <laughs> it, you know, more, you know, just because it's 
just the better game. And you can make an argument for Super Mario and Super Mario 3 or even World. You know, that's what these first games that came out on NES, in my opinion, at least to me, make me want to do. You know, it, yeah, like, I, I definitely agree with you there. I feel like playing Metroid, you kind of just are playing Metroid to get the feel for the series yeah. to see where it came from and then go and play the good ones. Yeah. Because there's a lot, a lot of quality of life stuff that got added as they went on. A map. Like like a map. <laughs> the, and the ability to save. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but that was a lot of those early NES games, which their only uh, appeal to me now is, you know, just the outside of nostalgia, just the kind of quirks they have. Like um, what I'm talking about, is totally out of game. Like the Legend of Zelda, the only thing that really draws me to that is is the gold cartridge. Having having a gold cartridge is kind of mm. cool. Um, for Metroid, it's got that old gray box, you know, that yep, a lot of those. It's, I feel like Metroid was one of the only ones that had a gray box. Was it? But gray? it was a. It's oh a black, no! It's, it's a black. It's a black label. Yeah, Konami but, was Konami was black box. Yeah. I was thinking they were gray too. But they may have been black boxes. Ah. But anyway, but it has a distinctive one. It has the little thing at the bottom where and Nintendo had all those um, labels for types of games. You know, it was labeled an adventure game and it looked like the guy from Pitfall um, in it, which Metroid, you can make an argument, is not what a typical adventure game in 1986 um, no, definitely not. was describing. But that's what it says on the box. Um, and then the second game this game made me really want to play is, in my opinion, a better game on the NES, which is Mega Man 2. <laughs> because... Um, I would argue that they're very different types of games. I mean, yeah. there's the mechanics are similar, but it the, the game itself is different. Yeah, I'm like, if I'm going to be shooting from a blaster from my hand, I'd rather do it with Rockman right now. <laughs> um, and plus, I've beaten Mega Man 2. I've never beaten Metroid, so that, that could be more of where my opinion comes. The games that I've beaten... Right. More it's often are the ones I was like, I'd rather play those. It's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I've beaten like going back to the Zelda comparison. I think I beat original Zelda a couple times, but I've beaten a link to the past outside of randomizers, you know, over two dozen times. So, you know, that's where just the the want to play that game, you know, I don't want to suffer through the the unnecessary hardness um <laughs> that NES games, especially 85 to 87 nes games had yep um when they pre, were first pre super were mario 3 order munchers yeah pre super mario 3 i'd say yeah. or super mario 2 even yeah you know when they were still technically arcade ports quarter munchers still had scores at the top metroid may be one of the first that didn't have that stuff um in it um at least surface wise um you know mario still had the score at the top and metroid still had the score at the top um but yeah, that was really the only things I didn't get as far as Jen. Um, I got through a first couple, you know, going up and down those verticality things and in and out. And I was just like, I get the gist of this game. I've played games in this genre before. Um, the fact of not having a map, maybe that makes me a, a, a casual <laughs> gamer. But I just it just it just bothers me. The only reason I can really do it in the other game I mentioned is because I pretty much know that map mm -hmm. from from. <laughs> playing it and watching other people play it um i don't know exactly where all the dungeons are in that game but i can get the oh okay now i know where i'm you know yeah. but with this you know metroid 
sometimes a lot of the places look the same and it is very confusing to like that's what I noticed when I was going yeah. through but like wait did I come here the last time or not and you'd have to just go and see be like oh wait I was yeah. here and the enemies respawn so it's like you got to yeah. do it all and, over again and it's pretty much I think we talked about this on stream Tom um it's pretty much one of those games where if this was one of the two games you had of course you played this right you know oh yeah and you played it a lot and you played it a lot you know so I feel like and I, I I hope I don't offend anyone out there um, <laughs> by saying this, but I feel like that's where a lot of the Metroid fandom comes from. Like the people that love the original well, is yeah. that it was one of the games like they got Metroid instead of Mario. You know, so honestly, they played, they played the. I mean, you can make the same argument for Zelda as well. You know, it's like that was the game they got, so that's why they became such a fervent fan of that game, and especially this game. Well, I could say there is much better games out there, and I am definitely not one of those that says you have to go all the way back to the original to understand the game. I think if you want to go back in time um, to a game's history, you go back to the first time they got it right. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I understand Super that Mario, argument. You know, you know, as I said, whether that's Super Mario Three or World, you know, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, Mega Man Two, like you don't have to play Mega Man um to understand Mega Man, <laughs> you know. Mega Man 2 is perfectly fine to start someone off with, you know. You can I give him with Final Fantasy. You could probably start people with 4, 5 or 6, uh Japanese 4, 5 or 6. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't start anybody with uh yeah, I wouldn't start anybody with 1, 2 or 3 probably. Yeah. And that was the yeah. main thing I learned going through Metroid for the 20 minute 20 to 45 minutes that I played of it. Um was just like, yeah, I get this. And, you know, there's a reason I never went back and tried to beat this game, you know, and played through Super Metroid, or at least a good chunk of Super Metroid, a lot more. Um, yeah, it's just, that's just my feeling on it. I definitely have more limited play than the two of you, but I feel that, um, and I think this goes for a lot in these older games for me and you, Tom, is that we played through this era. So we, like, can play like 10 minutes and go yeah i get this i got it right yeah you know i i know how i feel about this game and there's nothing that's going to change in the six hours that this game takes to beat that would change my opinion on it um that's why i always like jen's perspective on these older games um just because it it's kind of fresh eyes to it yeah you know, exactly from, from a modern perspective yeah so yeah that, that's that's about all i know it's a to ranty stuff about things that don't have to do with actual Metroid, the video game. <laughs> but I feel that this was a good game to come up to have this kind of discussion. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I, I'm i in the boat that I kind of wish I w this would have been one of my games when I had when I was that I only had five games for the NES because I feel like I would have really gotten into the series and I n never really did because I didn't have an I didn't have a Super Nintendo. So. You know, it, I just kind of it's one of those series that I missed out on. And I'm glad that I can now go back and play it. I, I and playing the first one, um, I feel like for me, it was kind of a cool experience to draw my own map and do that on stream and kind of share that with everybody, because it's not something you do these days. Like, that's not some, like if it you if it's not being told to you on the screen, it's not you don't need it like um, like even in like Red Dead Redemption 2, they ship the game with a map, but it's useless. Like you, you don't need it because even if you turn off the HUD and stuff, 
in Red Dead Redemption 2, you will still it'll still direct you to where you need to go. Yeah, yeah. I I completely love the, you know, lack of HUD, um, you know, but still being able to know where to go. Uh, I don't know, um, you know, I still don't know how people survive with these older games <laughs> um, with, without any direction. Maybe I'm a waypoint snob. <laughs> Excuse me, or well, something. We've, we've no. already established we're all old here. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, the you know all that quality of life stuff that's come through. You know, I don't know how people did without it. Um, so yeah, continue. Sorry, I thought jump in. No, again. yeah, I, that's totally fine. But yeah, I I agree that you know playing Super Metroid would probably be much better. Like if you're looking for a Metroid game to play, play Super Metroid just because of the quality of life stuff. Or Prime. But, or prime they're two different games yeah but um like two if you want a 2d metroid play super yeah 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 um but you know it's cool to go back though for me at least just to see where it came from like i don't i could play that i could play metroid and like not like just play for a couple hours like okay that's cool i don't need to beat it because i know if i was going to put the time into a game i would probably want to put the time into the the better game but um, I like just getting the experience of like being a kid again and drawing my own map and, you know, uh, looking up like what, what, uh, well, I'm not looking up, but just finding these new abilities. Like I knew I was going to have to roll into a ball at some point. So I had to find that mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I knew I was going to need to blow up these walls. So I needed something to do that. So it, it's a cool aspect of an adventure game from the past. It's kind of something you'd don't see is well i mean the see, the real problem is this is kind of like watching old movies everything now seems so derivative if you go back in the past and watch these old watch an old film uh it's the same way with video games because now every video game is based on this game this yeah. is the game that started all those things so it kind of feels simple and derivative if you come from a time now where metroidvanias are one of the the most popular games in the you know everywhere every indie game is a metroidvania so you know it it's just one of those things where you kind of have to put yourself in a different mindset when you're going to play an older game like this it's 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 hard (laughs) because you're so used to all of these tropes being in a game already the one the one thing i will say though i'm I feel like Metroid is a lot more um, forgiving than, say, Castlevania. Yeah, the uh, NES version, yes. So I feel like a lot more people could have been drawn. It, like, if you're into medieval stuff or whatever, you'd go for Castlevania. But if you were into space and aliens and all that kind of stuff, you'd go for Metroid. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was a cool thing to have the choice back then. Yeah, yeah. The The number one thing... Of this game, and I'm I'm surprised, or maybe I missed you guys talk about it, but um, just like most of these early NES games, the music is fantastic. Oh yeah, in this game, I, I forgot to mention that, but you know, I kind of mentioned that in every one yeah. of these games. I feel like I did too. <laughs> yeah, but yes, the music was awesome. It was some of the best uh, chip tune, eight bit music I've heard in quite a while. Yeah, yeah. and if yeah. you if you have the chance, just look up on youtube just type in metroid ost and and just put it on the background it's pretty awesome just to list because that's one of the the best parts about old 
video game soundtracks is there's no lyrics, so you can kind of just put it on whenever and just listen to it. So yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I now that we're all done reminiscing, what scores are we going to give it? Jen, start with you. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Ooh. Jen with a big score. Yep. Yeah. Mark? Um, I was going to go 3.5 okay. um, just because I am, um, I guess, kind of a snob for quality of life stuff as I've gotten older. <laughs> um, so it took the quality down a little bit for me. Um, but essentially, it's just um, it's a really good game. Um, if you like getting into, you know, nostalgia and looking back at retro games, you know, for the younger viewers out there, go ahead and play it. Don't feel like obligated to to beat it or anything. But um, I think you'll uh, I think this game um, of the, I guess, the three major ones um, and maybe this is a hot take or controversial opinion, but of the three we talked about in terms of Zelda, Mario and Metroid, um, I think this one may have been the one that aged the worst, um, of the three. Um, but I, maybe that's a, maybe that's also a bias thing, but, um, that's just how I felt playing it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. You're a Zelda fan, so that's fair. I would argue that it aged better than Zelda just because you can, if you don't need to have like a walkthrough to to beat to beat Metroid, I feel like. But for if you're playing The Legend of Zelda for the first time, I feel like if you you could just never never find everything, especially now because you don't have all the time in the world to find these things. I think I forget who said it on stream or whatever, but we were talking and you know uh, we were talking about it on they call this a movie. We we're saying how like back in the day you had you know a hundred hours to put the sink into figuring out how to beat a game. But these days it's a lot different. And I feel like that's kind of why Metroid might be a better choice. If you're going to try out a, an original black box, uh, black label, um, a, a Nintendo game. I'm also going to give it a four granted. It's a four based on Nintendo games. <laughs> it, it's not based on, you know, being the best in the series or whatever. But I would say to you, if you were going to play a Metroid game, play Super Metroid. But if you want to experience it from the beginning, you should totally play this game. Draw yourself a map. Uh, and if you have a flash cart, play the uh, patched version that allows you to save. Uh, just because that will make your life a lot easier than having to remember a 30, 30 character password or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, overall, pretty positive on this game. I'd say go check it out. Just, you know, even if you want to just load it up in an emulator for 20 minutes, we won't tell anybody. Um, I mean, who plays games for emulators and streams them? Not me, that's for sure. I don't know who does that. Oh, uh, by the way, if you're watching Mark's playthrough of Super or Paper Mario, uh, episode two there, I should have put a seizure warning because... Yep. I don't know God. what happened. Yeah. I don't I don't know what happened, but all kinds of uh graphical issues started happening and flashing. Yeah, that I gotta check out that cart. I gotta see what's wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I blow on it. We couldn't do it, it midstream though, so it was it was at one person's house. Yeah, yeah. it was the wizard's house. Right? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Let us spin the wheel. 
Okay. Um, I don't think we've played this yet, Then it should be interesting. Uh, we're going to play another Nintendo game, Super Mario Brothers 2. Nice. U.S., Japanese? U.S. Okay. We're not playing Lost Levels. God, I would rage quit so hard on stream if we were playing Lost Levels. I, I'm a little less excited now. I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome to play that for the, to play. The oh, no, I didn't, it's not me playing it. That no, you wanted me to play it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, we're playing the U.S. version of Super Mario Brothers 2, which is famously a reskin of another game called Doki Doki Panic. Um, but uh, it kind of became well loved. And they even released the game in Japan as Super Mario Brothers U.S. Yeah, the. Uh, um... The one bit of trivia, which I we all learned if we watch the gaming historian stuff, mm-hmm. um, is the main thing that one of the main differences in the game, which going back to my conversation about Metroid, that I am kind of upset this game has that Doki Doki pa- doesn't have that Doki Doki Panic has, is that you could save um, when you beat a level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. You know. But then again, Doki Doki Panic had the objective that you had to beat the game with all four characters to get the ending. Correct. So um, that's the downside to it. But you could save when you've beat beaten a world. Uh, yeah. Because it was a disc system game, Doki uh, Panic, or whatever that. Yeah, Famicom disc, disc yeah. system. Yeah. So it was able to save. So yeah, uh, this should be fun. I have not played Super Mario Brothers two in quite a long time. Um, it's also interesting because it's more vertical than horizontal, which yeah. is which is different for the Mario world yeah so yeah. uh come check it out on monday or to this evening when when we're playing it i will probably if it's on there i think it is i'll probably play this on my switch Ooh. yes it should definitely be on switch sweet so you guys won't have to like do anything crazy to play it this week yeah like plug in <laughs> <Yeah>. our cartridges <laughs> hook up your old consoles yep <laughs> oh crap! I just realized it's gonna be a nightmare to try to play it on my system. All right, uh, I'll I should have noticed out. if it was on there when I played because I believe Metroid's on Switch too. I think that's where I played it. But yeah, they have most of the good stuff from NES mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. All right, it's been a fun episode. Mark, you want to let everybody know about all of our other family of podcasts before we get out of here? Yeah. So Stranger Damies, our D and D podcast, um, airs episodes every Wednesday. Um, so coming up this Wednesday will be episode five, um, which is where I believe we get it, uh, a good bit of like background on what you guys will be doing on the first arc or at least like your first arc, um, story. Um, so be sure to look out for that. So you guys can kind of see what we're going for. Um, uh, but I do have a talking with strangers that aired last Wednesday that I'm really proud of. And I would like everybody to go check it out. Me and Ant um, do about a half hour discussion about, um, being a DM, um, when to question your DM, different styles of DM, DMing, um, you know, just just kind of good conversation like that. Um, uh, that was sort of outside of my normal just ask questions about the episode sort of thing. Um, I like to have those special episodes ever so often. And it's if something happens in the game, like um, like if someone levels up to something important, you know, just having discussion about leveling up and things like that, you know. So this was the first of those in the series. So be sure to check it out. Uh, we stream Stranger Damies um, uh, Friday nights. It'll be every other Friday. So it'll be uh, this Friday coming up and then every other Friday after that. 
um, in the evening. So like 7, 8, 8 uh, p.m. Be sure to check out our Twitter at Stranger Damies for updates on exact times. Um, we, If we haven't already tweeted about it, it'll probably be tweeted about this week. Um, so check that out. They Call Us Movies, our movie podcast. Um, airs every Thursday. Um, and uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Main Damie. TheMainDamie.com is our main website. That's where all of our podcasts live. That's where all of our writing lives. Oh, it's a one-stop Mark, shop. Yeah. I forgot to mention, I was a guest on They Called yeah. This a Movie this week. Mm-hmm. So Yes, you were. We talked about Mortal Kombat, the original movie, the original Mortal Kombat movie. So if you like that and you're looking forward to the new Mortal Kombat, go check out that episode. Yes, the uh, the Bridget Wilson Sampras Mortal sure. Kombat. Um, she, her name's above the, the title card. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's basically one-stop shop for everything. If you listen to podcasts on browsers, couldn't recommend it enough. Um, and Jen, so what's our streaming schedule? Yep. So um, as we alluded to, after you're listening to this, you should be looking forward to tonight's Retro Roulette, where we're playing Super Mario 2. Um, so that is going to be for this Monday. And then every other Monday, we alternate Retro Roulette with Tom's playthrough of Suikoden. Um, so that's a good time. If you guys haven't checked in for either one, you definitely should. Tuesdays are always our day off. Uh, Wednesday is Apex After Dark, where we all play. Call, uh, oh my gosh, I almost did it again. <laughs> so used to saying Warzone, where we play Apex Legends together on stream. And uh, like I said before, we're getting better at it. It's um, it's been fun. Um, so we're always looking for some advice if you don't mind dropping in for that. Thursday is a uh, kind of jam packed. So I think Dan is streaming breath of the wild up most thursdays around 7 p.m eastern time and then um making the way for mark at 9 p.m with his paper markio um and then fridays as mark said we are going to be streaming uh stranger damies our D session um and when we're not it's a day off because we are recording this podcast and then saturday will be monster hunter rise uh sunday will be dan with breath of the wild again and then we're back at monday it's going to get me take me a while to get used to this new schedule because I'm so used to saying like, you know, Warzone Wednesdays and stuff. But um we're actually going to I'm going to update our Twitter account for you guys. That way you have the new schedule so you don't have to rely on me trying to remember it. But uh yeah, that's that's the schedule. Sounds good. Yeah, I uh I'm I'm already trying to figure out what game I'm going to be playing next after we get in, so be on the lookout for a Twitter poll. Uh, between two more rather long RPGs. So I hope you guys are ready for more, more of me menuing for hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we get out of here, I want to mention that we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. Uh, if you have a need for any retro console accessories, whether it be controllers or cables or power supplies or flash carts or mods or memory cards or anything like that. Uh, feel free to go check out their store through the link in our description. It's an affiliate link, so anytime you purchase something through it, we get a little bit, little bit of a kickback, and it helps us uh, improve this podcast and our streams and everything else. So if any help would be greatly appreciated. So uh, uh, I want to say thank you to everyone for joining us, uh, and I hope you guys are all out there staying safe and be nice to each other. And for Mark and Jenny, I am Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Mm-hmm.